0: Morning cornerstone. The scripture for today is out of Psalm 13. Um, If you read with me, How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death and my enemy will say I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. Let's pray. Jesus, as we enter into Advent this week, um, I pray that you would fill us with hope Um, That you would renew our spirits and give us strength, that we um, may become more steadfast um, and firm in our foundation that is you. Um, Lord, encourage us as a church, um, as Cornerstone, as the body of Christ. um, May we join um, together with one purpose um, to love and serve you. Um, Be with us. We love you. Amen. Bye, Cornerstone.
1: (laughs) Hey, friends. It's John Odom coming into your living room from my living room. I hope that you've had a great uh, Thanksgiving weekend. In the spring of 1983, the band uh, U2, a little band out of, you know, Ireland, released their third studio album, which was called War. And it featured one of their most enduring songs, which is Sunday Bloody Sunday. And the song was written from the perspective of someone who endured what uh, people in Northern Ireland called the Troubles. And the Troubles was this nearly three-decade-long low-level war between those who wanted Northern Ireland to be part of the United Kingdom and those who wanted Northern Ireland to be part of a united uh, Irish island. And and when you read any bit of history and come across a phrase like I just said, a three-decade-long low-level war, it just carries none of the proper emotional weight of a person who actually lived through it. And just imagine living through the daily and weekly and monthly and yearly pressure of being under the the threat of violence. This is actually how many people even in our world today uh, experience reality, experience normal, enduring difficulties and hardships that we just can't possibly relate to. For many of us, the angst and the frustration of living under COVID is the closest that we can actually come to relating to feel this kind of chronic, ongoing pressure and toll on a person's heart and mind and soul and friendships and all of those things. The song by U2, Sunday Bloody Sunday, focuses on a particular Sunday in January of 1972 when British soldiers uh, shot and killed 26 unarmed civilians who were running away from the soldiers at the time. And you can begin to feel the emotional resonance of the song if you imagine it happening on the streets of our city or happening uh, among people, uh, boys and girls that you know. The opening line of the song says, I can't believe the news today. I can't close my eyes and make it go away when there's news in our country of yet another school shooting or an episode of violence or or an episode of of continued racial injustice or human tragedy, you'll see this line pop up in folks' Twitter feed along with the next one that just says, how long, how long must we sing this song? It's his way of saying, how long do we have to endure tragedy and pain and grief over those who died needlessly? How long? These two words, how long, are cursed in frustration and cancer wards and in cell blocks and in labor camps and in brothels. They're moaned by those who are trying to get pregnant and longing for their loved one to come home those who are, are grieved to see the person they love or maybe even themselves with an ongoing struggle with mental illness, mental health. It's, it's words that are echoed by those who are distressed between, uh, in that gap between how the church is and how the church should be or those who are just heartbroken over the gap between the world as it is in chaos and disarray and the world as it should be with God's, uh, carnation, uh, God's creational design and intent. These words how long represent the anguish and the longing of the human heart for justice and wholeness and equity and peace, rising from the depths of anger and impatience and idealism of those who feel like they have waited long enough. These two words how long are among the most visceral, primal and ancient prayers that one can pray. David prays it numerous times, Uh, beginning in the early Psalms, he reflects on his own inner turmoil, praying, my soul is in deep anguish. How long, Lord, how long? He prayed it of his own relationship with God. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? He prayed it in his frustration with enduring social wrongs. How long, Lord, will you merely look on and tolerate the intolerable? David prayed it in grief that God's enemies appear to be winning. How long will the enemy mock you, God? David prayed it as he felt ignored by God. How long will your anger smolder against the prayers of your people? The prophet Jeremiah prayed it over land that had been ravaged by war and famine. prayed, how long will land lie parched and grass be withered? The prophet Habakkuk prayed it. How long, Lord, must I call for help, but you don't listen? Hear the honesty and the agitation in his prayer. How long must I cry out to you violence, but you do not save? The prophet Daniel prayed it, longing for God's promises to be fulfilled. How long will it be before astonishing things are fulfilled? The prophet Zechariah prayed for it, eager for an end to Judah's exile, How long will you withhold mercy from Jerusalem and from the towns of Judah? And then at the very end of the book of Revelation, the martyrs around the throne of God pray it. How long, sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood? How long? It's one of the most honest, and most common prayers in all of human history. How long, Lord, how long? Today marks the beginning of the Christian season of Advent, which is historically a period of repentance and recentering and returning to a focus on the person of Jesus Christ in anticipation of the celebration of his coming. We hear the words of, of John the Baptist. A voice crying in the wilderness, make ready the way for the Lord. It's a a time of repentance. In Advent, perhaps more than any other Christian season, marks for us, highlights the already and not yet tension of the Christian experience. On the one hand, God has already done so much for us. We remember in Advent with joy and gratitude, Christ's first coming. We celebrate what he's already done. And so to to help us do this, we read the prophets to help us imaginatively put on the shoes of those people who lived before Christ's birth in Bethlehem. And we anchor ourselves in the present with reminders of God's faithfulness and patience in the past. Isaiah, Isaiah said, therefore, the Lord himself will give us a sign. The virgin will conceive and will give birth to a son. You'll call him Emmanuel, which means God has come to live with us. Elsewhere, through the prophet Isaiah, God said, "'For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, "'and the government will be on his shoulders, "'and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, "'Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace.'" Remembering God's past faithfulness, we read the birth accounts of Jesus in the Gospels of Matthew and Luke, and we see the thoughtfulness and the the wisdom and kindness of God in including Simeon and Anna and Zechariah and Elizabeth and Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and those foreign astrologers in his plan. And we remember our own story, we remember with gratitude our own inclusion in God's family and God's story, all that God did for us in the person of Jesus to rescue us from the dominion of darkness. And even now, all the good work that God is doing to redeem and restore and encourage and renew us in our world. On the one hand, uh, we see that in His first coming, in Christ's first coming, uh, He's brought an end to our waiting, to the longing of our hearts. That prayer, how long, Lord, how long, was in a sense answered some 2,000 years ago when Christ was born in Bethlehem. And His past faithfulness anchors us and steadies us, gives us confidence because we trust He's gonna be faithful in the future, and yet, more than we wish to admit, we're still waiting. The world is not yet as it should be. If anything, at times it feels like it's just getting worse. The church is not yet all that it could be. Our hearts are not what they should be or could be. Jesus did say, it's better that I go away that the Holy Spirit might come to you and yet in all candor, Do we not at times doubt this and disbelieve this? I mean, if we're just really, really honest, wouldn't we say, well, gosh, I would get any amount of money, Jesus, for you to be physically present because if this is better, I am missing something. What's better about this? If our current experience of the Holy Spirit is all it was cracked up to be, don't we just have to be honest and say, boy, this is disappointing. Reality does not match Expectations. Now we might feel a little bit guilty even just saying or thinking these things, maybe more than we think we ought to as good Christian people. We still keenly sense that that not yet part of God's promises is more defining of our reality. We're still praying, How long, Lord? How long? The year 2020 has been a good year in many ways. It's been a year in which, you know, we've welcomed babies into the world and marriages have begun. Uh, there's always new growth, good things that are happening, friendships that are, you know, give, that are new and, and life-giving, tons of good things that happen in 2020. And yet, when we write down in the journals of our mind, like what characterized 2020 on the whole, I think we'll find that it was a year for many of us in which it was acutely difficult to be a human being. Do you remember whispers of this thing called COVID-19 in December or in January? Uh, And the world just grounds to a halt with this imminent uh, imminent and mysterious threat. The nation, again, was ripped to shreds by racial injustice. The streets were full of protesters for any number of reasons. Uh, Political disagreements escalated to outright political hatred. And this divisiveness, perhaps most painfully, showed up in the church as Christians many of whom just thought they couldn't like each other. Like, can we truly be on the same team if we see these issues so differently? In the words of the Apostle Paul, we're saddened to see that we're we're all still so worldly. And I imagine that in listening or or watching today, there, there are those among us, and I would number myself among those, who find myself just being existentially exhausted And perhaps that's you. Maybe you feel at the end of your rope or just so needy, desirous for something to give somewhere. If you remember, even perhaps with some angst, Jesus words, it's better that I go away. Or if you're calling to mind the promises of God that have yet to be fulfilled. Those of you who are feeling that great big, like well of emotions and impatience and frustration, then I invite you, to let that how-long-angst rise up and transform into a new prayer. Actually, the last prayer recorded in the Bible in Revelation 22, and it's three simple words. Come, Lord Jesus. In view of the suffering of humanity In view of all of our violence and abuse and hatred and mistrust and apathy and indifference, in view of everything that's wrong, we pray, come, Lord Jesus. In view of God's great and many promises in Christ Jesus, and in view of all that God has yet to do but has promised to do, we pray, come, Lord Jesus. I would just urge you to take that great big bundle of emotions, that complicated bundle of emotions and longings, and invest them into this simple request, these three words. Three things about this prayer, Come Lord Jesus. First, the prayer, Come, is a request for presence. If Jesus said, it's better that he go away, that the Spirit might come, then it's a request, please increase your presence in my life. In that way, it's it's an Advent prayer. Advent's just about is coming. It comes, say like, please establish your home in me. It's by nature a humble prayer because it recognizes that the stuff that I most need is outside of me. Therefore, it's a humbling prayer. It's saying, I'm insufficient on my own. Therefore, would you come? Would you bless me? Would you grace me with more of your presence, greater awareness of your presence in my life? Second thing is this prayer requests the coming of the Lord, come Lord. We're not asking in this three word prayer for some vaguely religious therapeutic sensation. We're asking for the one who sits at the right hand of the Father to establish a beachhead of the kingdom in our hearts. We're asking him to rule and set to rights the chaos and the disorder within. Therefore, it's, it's a prayer of submission. It's a prayer of invitation, of acknowledging who is and isn't fit to be king in our lives. It's not us. And in that way, it's a a dangerous prayer. It's a prayer that's inviting a kind of positive spiritual warfare in our own hearts. It's a consequential prayer. It's a potentially life-altering prayer. You perhaps heard people talk about this a ton when you were a kid. Yes, you've invited Jesus to be your savior, but have you invited him to be your Lord? I think for all its simplicity, that's a poignant question. And praying, come lord we're inviting him to establish his reign and his rule in the core of our being and the third thing about this prayer is that it's recognizing jesus as this lord jesus the one who would stomp on the head of the serpent jesus the one who the prophets expected jesus the one born through mary the one who preached the sermon on the mount the one who touched the lepers and healed the sick the one who who shooed away the the accusers of the adulterous woman, the one who corrected the religious elite, the one who suffered on our behalf as an enemy of the empire, the one who hung between criminals, the one who died and was buried, the one who rose again and ascended to rule at the right hand of the Father over all the cosmos, the one who has promised in his time to come again to restore and renew all things. Come. Come. Lord Jesus, come Lord Jesus. I give you these three words, or scripture has given us these three words as a cathartic release of pressure and as an earnest request just from the soil of our hearts to God, come Lord Jesus. Increase your presence in my life and also hasten the day of your coming when our faith is finally made sight. And I just invite you to keep these three words, come Lord Jesus, as a prayer in your back pocket as you go throughout your day. Keep it with you. May it be on your breath as you begin and end your day. Excuse me, as you begin and end your day. As you experience frustrations and disappointments, as you read scripture and receive communion and share a meal, just pray, come Lord Jesus. Would you just join me in these moments? and everything that I'm thinking and feeling and my ups and my downs and my loneliness and my friendships, come, Lord Jesus, would you establish your rule and your reign? In the next few weeks, come, Lord Jesus, is going to kind of narrate our sermon conversations in the season of Advent. And in the next few weeks, as we get closer to the celebration of Christ's first coming, I'm going to share in my weekly messages reminders of the good news of all that God is going to do when Christ returns the second time. Some of these may pique your interest and you'll have to wait to see what they mean, but the renewal of place, the restoration of presence, the resurrection of the dead, the recovery of peace. And as we go through these weeks, I'm gonna be sharing prayers that you can pray as we wait, as we continue to pray how long and I share all of this, these bookended prayers of how long and come Lord Jesus, and the hope that we can validate and name our, those how long frustrations and angst and channel them into request, a request for more of God's presence in our lives and in our world, confident that he hears us when we ask. And by reminding us of all that he promises to do when he returns, I just want to encourage and anchor our hearts in hope. That even when things aren't all rosy, when things aren't merry and bright, things are not currently okay, we remind ourselves that they will be. Though they are not now, they will be in all things, and the fullness of time will be made right. So on the one hand, we pray, how long and as we wait, we pray, come Lord Jesus. Just a second ago, we sang that song, come Lord Jesus. A few months ago, our staff was together and I encouraged our staff to begin naming things that we're specifically asking God for. It's been so cool to see some of the things that we asked for. We, uh, we, we needed a job breakthrough for the spouse of a staff member and God did it. We began praying for a, a building because our, our time was running out and I'm going to be excited to share news about that in a couple of weeks, but we began to just pray for God to do specific stuff. And Ben Kilgore, one of the things he mentioned was for some a fresh spirit of songwriting. It wasn't the next week, our staff was together before a worship gathering and having just a time of prayer and worship. And one of us, just in our prayers, just muttered the words, Come, Lord Jesus. And Ben spontaneously began to sing that. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. We need you. And in the coming weeks, that song matured and, and turned into the thing that we just sang together. And we're going to be able to share that with our church uh, on streaming platforms and stuff like that in the coming weeks. But it represents this most innocent plea of our hearts, this request for his presence, coming from a place of how long frustration. And I would just urge you as we go through this Advent season uh, to not get sucked into the consumerism of it all, to not, maybe your schedule is going to be slowed down as a result of our COVID world, but I want to invite you to carve out space to make this your earnest prayer to the Lord. Lord, would you come? Would you increase your presence in my life? Come, Lord Jesus, increase your presence in my, in my thoughts, and my emotions, in my physical body. Increase your presence in my family. Whatever it is that you need to ask for, I would give you these prayers as a a script, as a tool, as a way of engaging in conversation with the Lord. There may be many things on your mind or your heart today. Maybe you feel more the prayer of how long frustration and it's not yet matured into the come Lord request for presence. But wherever you are today, I would just invite you to make space to engage in conversation with the Lord who loves you. At the end of all of our worship gatherings, we we gather for communion. We remember all that God was willing to do in Jesus to rescue us, how he'd even take the cross, public humiliation and shame so that we would be dignified. Isolation and alienation so that we we might be brought into a place of belonging and inclusion. He allowed himself uh, to be embarrassed before all so that we could be given this deep sense of worth. I just wanna remind you today that God loves you That even now at the right hand of the Father, Jesus is praying for you. And so whatever worries you, whatever bothers you, whatever you're afraid to let go of, you can trust him with that. Let's pray together. Jesus, even today, our our physical absence from one another in the church is a reminder that our, our world is off. And more than we wish it were true, our our sense, our awareness of absence from you, Lord Jesus, is a sign of our frustration that the world is not yet what it will be when you return. And so I, I pray these prayers on the one hand, Lord, in frustration, how long until you come and fulfill your promises? How long until you right wrongs? How long until we don't have to look through glass dimly anymore? How long until we have, you know, do we have to keep guessing about parts of you? How long until we have those ultimate answers to the problem of evil and suffering? And why did this happen to the person that I love? How long, Lord, until you establish justice on the earth? And yet, even as we wait, Lord, as the Psalm 13 ends, we just confess that we trust you. We trust that you are guiding creation toward toward its consummation. We trust that you are good, 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 even when things feel very, very bad. And as we wait, we trust even what you said that it's better that you go away. And we ask that you'd increase your presence in our life, in our church, in our families. We pray, come Lord Jesus. All this we pray in the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Friends, such a gift to be your friend and your pastor. I love you. God bless you. Hope that you have a great week and we'll see you around.